Hello everyone, my name is April L. Butcher and I am your mother on social and I'm joined with my husband, Brian Butcher. And we are Common Sense on Social. Common Sense on Social is a space we've created where common sense is common and thrives here on social media. We offer common sense commentary to things happening in the world, in pop culture, and in these internet streets. So if that interests you, Keep on listening. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and let's get into the caca. Hi, Brian. How's it going? I'm going good. How's your evening, your day? How's your day been? Uh, it's been good. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. But you're still around. Yep. Still Let's kicking. Fight another day. Still kicking. <laughs> so I want to come on and talk to you, Brian, about how to date a friend. I think a lot of times, um, well, in this scenario, people might look at the title of this podcast and be like, dating a friend, girl. What is you talking about? Well, I know a lot of times people don't look at friendships as relationships. You know, people look at it as a relationship being between, you know, a couple. But people don't think that friendship should be treated the same way, right? And um, I feel in friendships, we have to learn how to date a friend. True. How to vet people out properly, because I think a lot of times we see a commonality in each other. We see something that is relatable in a person and we jump into these situations really quickly and we jump in and out of these friendships. And I look at it in relation to now being in a relationship with a partner. Would you just jump into bed with them, you know, as soon as you met them and then hop from bed to bed to bed to bed? No, you wouldn't in real life. Well, there's some people who do that though. Well, I mean, there's some people that do that child, but in friendships, People do it more than not. True. Okay. So I wanted to come on and talk about how to date a friend because we've seen recently, um, for those of you that don't know, um, there is an extremely successful YouTuber by the name of Jason Lee. And I'm, let me not say YouTuber, honey. He is a media mogul. And recently um, there was some backlash and also some clarification of some things as of last night from him on his friendship with Tiffany Haddish and everything that transpired with Tiffany Haddish. But there was also some issues with people. He didn't add anybody. He didn't say any names, but there were people that he allowed to come and sit on his platform that he allowed to have a seat at the table that he built. And when I say a seat at the table, for those of you that are unaware what that means, um, basically it means, you know, something you built a business, you built, um, you know, spaces and places that you reside that most people can't get into. Um, and he allowed people to come into these spaces and places. And now he's regretting that because those individuals were opportunists. And I think a lot of opportunists easily get in and out of situations because there's no vetting. And the way we leave relationships sometimes can be rather abrupt and there's no closure. So I just wanted to touch on that with you tonight, Brian, and um, break this down in this podcast and just really 
you know, do a deep dive into really dating friends? Well, I feel that the comparison that you're making to relationships is definitely a a valid one because oftentimes when you're in a regular relationship, whether it's a, a, a romantic relationship or just dating, you tend to find out that if that relationship ends badly, you have some people who can't stand to be alone, so they jump into the next relationship mm-hmm. for all the wrong reasons. Right. And then it turns out that that person that they get with gets kind of unfair treatment because that person may still be bitter or still holding on to something from Mm -hmm. that past relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that rings true when it comes to friendships. Mm -hmm. And you, more than anybody I've seen over the years, (laughs) has had relationships with friends where it almost seemed like a relationship because it seemed like you were putting in a lot of effort and the other person was not. Right. Well, I have to say... I feel that, you know how sometimes in relationships you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again, and you say to yourself, what is the reason? Like, God, what is the reason why I'm going through this? And I honestly believe that I've gone through the number of friendships and situations and the lessons I've learned from them um, to help other people, to help other people navigate this thing called friendships. Because in my past history of friends and relationships in general, when it came to relationships, finding a partner, boyfriend, I've never had any issues with boyfriends. I've always been a type of person. Baller. (laughs) I've always been the type of person that I knew what I want. I knew my value. I knew my value in me as far as what I brought to the table and not saying anything cocky. It's just that I knew when I was younger that I was decent looking. I had ambition. I had drive. I was a implementer and I knew what I wanted out of life. And I knew anybody that wanted to be with me, we were going to grow together and be great. So when a guy would cheat on me, I would just be done. I would be done and I would leave and I would not, tolerated at all and then eventually when we found each other you and I it was just easy because I number one had a friend but I also had a partner and the thing about it is is once but with my female relationships a lot of the things I saw in my mom that I didn't like as far as how her friends treated her I did the same thing I overcompensated for a lot of my friend's shortcomings. Um, I did a lot of things that were not asked of me, like meaning like if I saw a friend, let's say my friend is going to catch a flight. And I know for me, I would love it if one of my friends could pick me up and bring me to my plane at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, to the airport or pick me up or whatever. I would always volunteer myself. And then when that friend wouldn't do it for me or that friend wouldn't give me gas money or even say a thank you, my feelings would be hurt all the time. And I had to come to a realization, you're volunteering yourself to be slaughtered in a sense because they never asked you for that. That's stuff you're volunteering. And I feel like 
early on in my life, I volunteered a lot of things trying to prove or overcompensate my friendship, like prove to people I am really a solid friend. And a lot of it came from a commonality of them telling me the problems they had in old friendships, me telling them the problems that I had in old friendships, and me trying to prove to them that I am not that person you last was with. And I think what you just said was spot on because if you could recall back when we first started dating, I never wanted to be the guy that asked you, like, what have you been through in your past? Because I always felt or I never wanted to tell you some of the things that I had been through in my past, because I feel like when you do that, you give a person the blueprint to break your heart again. Right. Because you're telling them all the things you've been through and they're telling you, oh, I'll never do those things to you. And some kind of way, it never fails. It falls in line with some of the same foolishness that you went through in the past. That person finds their way to it, and they almost throw it up in your face and hold it against you. Right. So the I think the irony of this whole topic is that is an actual friendship a lot like a relationship? It very much is. It feels like it because you're so committed to it, and then when it's over, it's a hard break. It is. It is. I think a lot of times in friendships, because you're not going in it saying that like in a real like partner relationship, spouse relationship, um, that you're going into it with an end goal of being with that person for the rest of your life, right? You're going into these friendships because it's very easy to get in and out of them. There's not really a sense of commitment. Like I think a lot of us, my age, Gen X or age, we looked to Oprah and Gail for as like the gold standard of what a friendship should be. And a lot of us, when we compare our friends or even like Oprah will say and Gail will say, you know, like people comes up to him and says, hey, you know, this is my friend of 15 years. She's like the Oprah to my Gail or the Gail to my Oprah. And people compare that and people want people want to Space in a place of belonging. Mm -hmm. For me, I didn't get that from my mom. So a lot of times I overshare my friendships instead of keep quiet and get to know these people. Mm -hmm. And what tends to happen or what tended to happen in friendships, because now my my circle is a period, honey. What tend what would tend to happen in those friendships, it would happen like this. And I really should write a book on this, to be honest. My friendships will start out like this. I meet somebody at an event because I'm a very outgoing person. I meet somebody at an event. I meet someone at work. I start chatting it up with them. Where you're from? Oh, I'm from here. Oh, wow. You find the commonalities in each other. And then you go out for a drink. You go out for brunch or whatever. And then you find out, wow, we've been through some of the similar things with friends. Yeah, this girl was jealous of me. This girl used me. This girl was an opportunist. And then you bond over that. Or it could be some problem at work where you're working with someone. That person's going through the same things you're going through. We both don't hate the boss. So let's sit down and kick it up and chat it up about the boss. And then you begin to overindulge in a friendship by, you know, sharing all of your, not necessarily secrets, but just things about you. You know, like my last friend ghosted me. And she just left me and I never got a chance to X, Y, and Z. This girl borrowed money from me. She ghosted me. She blocked me on Instagram. She did. X 
You're giving them the playbook. Like, wow, April didn't do anything after that. She didn't sue the girl. She didn't do anything. She pretty much keeps quiet on social media about it. She doesn't exploit the, like, not exploit, but expose the person. Wow. So when I leave from her, I'm going to go. Another thing I would do is I would share what I could bring to the table as a friend. You know, I'm a YouTuber. I know how to do podcast. Oh, girl, you know how to do podcasts? Yeah, I did my own LLC. I did my own trademark. I did this. I did that. And then it would be thinking in their head like, wow, I have this goal to reach, that goal to reach, that goal to reach, and April's going to help me do it. And then as time would go on, like in the one friendship that I had with the girl from Louisiana, she would come and say, oh, we're going to work on our businesses together because she knew that was something I was passionate about and something I wanted to do, and it was something she accomplished. And every time she would come to Houston, it would be party time. It would be time for her to go out on a date and have a place to stay at our house or for her to go out to eat and have a place to stay at our house or for us to cook and she would have a... It was her getaway spot for a whole year. She played me with, yeah, girl, next weekend I come, we're going to work on the business. And after like about nine months to a year later, I realized we didn't get anything accomplished. I was over it at that point. So what I'm hearing you say is, is that in past friendships, it was a one way street. Pretty much you were seeming like you were given into the friendship a whole lot more than what you were receiving from the other person, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I look at that as more of an acquaintance. And then when we talk about the whole dating your friends, I think before you or just anyone gives a person a title of friend, there definitely got to be that dating process where you put that person through some situations. Because if you find yourself talking to a person and you're doing most of the talking and they're just doing listening, they're probably taking notes. Mm-hmm. And that's not a two-way street. Mm-hmm. I think there should be conversation coming both ways. There should be things that you find in common with each other. And then you build on those things that you have that are similar. Not one person hearing it, finding out how this person can better them, and then using it to their advantage. Well, I think a lot of times in these friendships, they would tell me there was something there that I thought they could offer mm-hmm. to me as a friend or help me as a friend as I would help them. But it turns out a lot of that was just lies and fictitious. Maybe there was another friend that helped them get to that goal and they were looking for somebody else to be that next stepping stone. What I had to realize is that I need to vet people out. I don't need to share everything with them. It's just an Aries trait. We share everything. Um, And I just need to take my time with people. And eventually, if they're there to be there as a solid friend, they're going to give me advice that I didn't even know I was looking for or needed, right? Because I'm so used to being the one giving out advice. Or number two, they me being patient and taking my time with the friendship is going to get them to a point I'm going to wear them out and they're going to leave. One thing that I've noticed since we've been together for all these years and the one thing that I can say that definitely resonates with you and that I see is that you give so much of yourself and I'm sure the people that are listening can relate to this, that you give so much of yourself and you feel like 
you deserve it back. Mm-hmm. And when you don't get it back, your feelings are hurt. Oh, I get mad. And things like that happen. And I and <laughs> I think ready to burn it down. And I think that goes back to just everything in life, even with relationships. If that one person is given more than the other person and then things no longer work out, now that person's feeling bitter, like, oh, what could I have done with all that time, all that money, all that whatever it is that they put into it, they're wishing that they never did it. So I think at some point when we call ourselves having these friends, we gotta definitely find a category to put them in because they can't all be friends. And if you got 30, 40, 50 friends, you got to really sit back and say to yourself, are these people really my friends? But then at the same time, we have to be able to not expect so much out of other people. I think we expect sometimes too much. I think sometimes in this age of social media, especially social media, your friends, you have to know how to play your part and play the game because at the end of the day, I'm going to admit there have been times that I've gone into friendships giving, expecting, like having an idea in my mind, like I'm going to show her I'm a friend. That way, whenever I need something or I ask for something, she's going to come through with it. And it never happened that way because I went into that friendship already premeditating, wanting something. Now, I made it very clear early on in the friendship, this is the goal I'm trying to get to. But regardless, that person would throw it around, throw it up in your face to say, oh, you was only my friend because you was trying to get X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no, do you not understand? I wouldn't have done those things if I really didn't care for you. Regardless of what I wanted, I still wouldn't have done those things if I didn't care for you. So for me, I will have to say is that there are three things that I have to say that to me is a part of, you know, dating a friend. You know, number one, you need to give it time. You need to pace yourself. You need to vet people out properly. You know, when um, Donald Trump was running for office, he would say, extreme vetting, extreme vetting. We have to extreme vet, extreme vetting, extreme vetting. And people thought it was funny. I actually opened up a dictionary and wanted to know, what is he talking about? I'm very much that dictionary girl. If somebody uses a word or a term that I've, never heard of before and they're emphasizing this term or this word i want to know what that means so when i went and i looked up vetting i was like oh you could apply that to your friendships because that's immediately that's what i applied it to i said oh wow you could apply that to your friendships because you do need to vet people out you do need to vet people's intentions out why do you want to be my friend you know a lot of times when we start jobs you know Let's just use the Jason Lee example. You know, you have to vet people out that want to be in your circles. You have to vet people out that want to be in your space. I remember when I did Perry Union, which for those of you that don't know, was the first event I ever hosted here in Las Vegas years ago in like 2016. And at the time when I was launching the event, I did not have a keynote speaker. And I had... um. Kim Coles reached out to me because she had saw me on this platform, this live streaming platform, and she wanted to help. And I said, well, the help that I need is for, if you're available, is for you to, you know, speak as my keynote speaker. And she signed up. The minute she signed up to be the keynote speaker and I made the announcement, everybody was buying a ticket. Everybody wanted to speak at the event. I went from one day not selling tickets to the next day being sold out. And what I didn't know at that time was, That was a, 
I guess I was very naive. I was very naive to friendships because with Kim Coles, I should have kept her more to myself. I should have valued that friendship in the sense of I should have not introduced her to my to the other fold of people that I thought were my friends, which was actually my competitors on that platform. So after my event, a lot of people then wanted to become my friend. They wanted to know, how did April Butcher, this unknown phenomenon, come out of nowhere as a live stream on this platform, which I was an early adopter of this platform. I was one of the first people on Periscope to blow up. And how does this unknown person not only become famous on this app, but also throw an event in a city she doesn't even live in it's sell out and she has a celebrity as a keynote speaker and the celebrity did it like for free. Yeah. So at the end of the day, all these people start quote unquote being my friend and I'm telling Kim, this person is really cool. And she's telling me, Oh, well, I don't really care for that person. Like, I'm like, no, Kim, this person is like really, really cool. This person is cool. That person is cool. And when you look, those individuals turned her, I wouldn't say turned her against me, but definitely got in between that relationship. Extremely got in between that relationship. So I think you have to vet people out. You have to take time with people to build those relationships together instead of rushing into it. And then, you know, sharing it with every. With, with everyone sharing that person with everyone sharing your relationship with everyone it's just like dating a a boyfriend a girlfriend you rush into it oh my god you guys i think he's the one i think he's the one i think she's the one i think she's the one she's so perfect she shows so this and then next thing you know the relationship crumbles and now you're embarrassed you know i think those three things that you said are definitely um vital and important to do. But I also think one additional thing, and I think the most important thing, is that in any relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a business relationship, whatever ship it is, it starts with you loving yourself and knowing, like you said, your worth mm -hmm. and knowing what it's going to take and what you're not willing to deal with. Well, that's point two, because that's called boundaries, yeah. setting up boundaries, healthy exactly. boundaries. Exactly. And I think once you have those type of things in place and you stick to your guns, then you protect your heart mm -hmm. in the friendship. And then you protect your mind and your mental because it's like, I wasn't expecting much from this person anyway. So mm -hmm. because they let me down, Mm -hmm. It's not a a tremendous blow to me. Right. So I think it's a it's a thought process that we have to come up with and change when we quote unquote throw that word friendship around. Because maybe back when our parents were young and our parents' parents, that might have meant something. But I feel like today, it doesn't. It doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't because I know my dad is still friends with his friends from um from like middle school. They're still friends. Like, they still visit each other, even though they're in other states. Like, it's crazy. You hear relationships like Oprah and Gail where they've been friends for, like, 30-some years. It's like, back then, having a friend, you know, 
you know, like in the Bible, is you know, God says, I'll be your friend and I'll be your friend closer than any brother. That is a real statement as to how things were back then. Mm-hmm. You wanted like longevity in your friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why a lot of people join fraternities and sororities because it was a built in, you know, mm-hmm. family of friends and people you could call in on in any state, any country for help. But nowadays it's all about joining it to get the girls or the guys or to wear, wear the, the cute letters, outfit. Wear the letters. Yeah, wear the letters, get uh-huh. the cute outfit, the little umbrella, wear pink and green, wear red and white, blue and blue and white. I was about to say. Watch yourself, sister. Look here, Mr. Sigma on social. All right. Okay. But what I will say is, going back to what you were saying about setting healthy boundaries, if I had set those boundaries back then, I think that friendship would have survived because I did value her. And I really believe she valued me. But there was one key person that got in between the two of us that built a wall on either side. Voldemort. Yeah, she definitely was Voldemort. Okay. So at the end of the day, um, I really learned that I need to set healthy boundaries. And healthy boundaries could be like, look, I'm with my family. I don't take calls during these times. You know, um, no, we can't hang out every day. No, we don't have to talk every single day. No, I don't have to tell you all the details that go on in my house. Exactly. I don't have to tell you any of that type of stuff. Like, that's none of your business. Like, just setting up those healthy boundaries. And if that person can't deal with those boundaries, then they will leave. They will eventually leave the friendship and the relationship. I saw on Instagram the other day, it was two girls. They purposely, they're friends. um, And I think they're best friends. But they purposely stopped talking to each other for like two weeks. So they could meet up in a restaurant and catch up instead of being on the phone all the time. And I thought that was really ingenious because it refreshes that friendship all over again. Um, Your friends don't need to know what you and your man is doing in the bedroom. They don't need to know that. Reading books. (laughs) That's what we do. We read books. We sure do. Yes. Okay. Now... With that being said, the third thing that I will say, because I don't want to get really too into detail with this because I'm really inspired by writing a book. But the third the third thing I would like to say is privacy. They don't need to know everything. I watched an interview with Gail and Oprah recently, and there were things that Gail still hadn't told Oprah. And I was like, wow. There were things Oprah didn't tell Gail. And it kind of brings me back to that that scene of Sex in the City when Carrie and um, Miranda was sitting in a restaurant and she tells her, you know, I said something to Big that I think made him not go through with getting married to you. And finally, you know, you know the scene. Carrie gets up and gets ready to storm off and she turns back around. She said, you know, I have kept a secret from you. I think it was a big mistake that you left Steve there. I said it. How does it feel? You know, so there are some things as far as like not keeping secrets, but keeping things private because I'll never forget. I was a young girl. I maybe was like, I want to say 13, 14 years old. And I remember this conversation. My mom was over at a friend's house comforting her. And this friend was going through a divorce 
And I never forget my mom was getting out to the car and the woman said, you know, I never thought my friend was still my husband. And she told my mom, don't ever tell your friends what's going on in the bedroom between you and your man. She said, because I told this woman everything and this woman used everything against me to take my man. And that I was 12, 13. I didn't even know what that meant at the time. I just knew I never need to share with my friends anything that we do. Now, I might call my cousin here and there and we'll joke around and be like, girl, Brian worked my nerves today. This is what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But as far as like intimate things or things we share privately amongst each other, I'm not going to tell my friends that they ain't none of their business because the minute that friendship is severed, they use that as ammunition. Absolutely. So my thing is like, even in this case of like, whoever this is that Jason Lee is having issues with, you know, you left yourself open with ammunition. This person knows the inner workings of your back office of your business. But see, that's where I'm talking about. I don't think that was a friendship. I think that was a business acquaintance. I think they're whoever this person is, they saw something in him that they needed and maybe vice versa for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And maybe one person got what they was looking for and the other one didn't, or one person seemed to benefit more from this particular friendship than the other. Mm -hmm. And then when everything ended or when everything started to go down South, then the other person began to realize, wait a minute, did I just get used? Did I just get played? Mm -hmm. And now they feel some sort of way about mm -hmm. it. But I mean, I think the the tips that we've shared are great for anyone that's listening to truly begin to start figuring out the people that they meet, whether it's currently in their life or in the future, where they need to put them, how they need to handle them, and how better to understand what truly a friendship is and that it's okay to not talk to that person when you first meet them you don't have to talk every day mm -hmm. you don't have to as soon as you get off of work first thing in the morning call that person let that person miss you a little bit i remember right. when we were dating that was something that i'm sure you prided yourself on you used to see my calls and not answer them sometimes mm -hmm. and i think it made me more intrigued and more wanting to be with a person that I didn't feel like I had access to 24 seven, mm -hmm. because I think it gets boring. It gets stale when you feel like that person is at your beck and call at every moment. So, it, you know what they say, uh, distance or parting makes the heart grow mm -hmm. fonder. Mm -hmm. I think that's a true statement. And when you give that person that time, and that's why those two girls did what they did with not speaking for two weeks and then saying, let's meet up for dinner or lunch or brunch or whatever, because it was almost like now we've missed talking for those two weeks. Now we have so much to catch up right. on and talk. And it was like something fresh and something new. Right. And sometimes that's what it takes. Because a lot of times when you're talking every day, it be the littlest things that start to annoy you about a person. You feel what I'm saying? It's kind of like that little seven-year itch most married couples get at seven years. Like, oh, he's leaving the talk. That's why I say it's a lot like a relationship. Because you'd be like, oh, he's leaving the toilet seat up. Oh, you didn't take the trash out. Oh, you did this. You did that. And it becomes an annoyance. And the same thing when it comes to friendships. 
the littlest things like, oh, girl, you having another problem with another relationship? Oh, girl, we going through that again. Oh, girl, you always talking about your boss, but you never leave your job. It'd be those little annoying things that if you would take your time and spread that time out instead of like, and it goes back to like what Amanda Seals says, small doses. Like if you would treat your relationship, your friendship in like small doses, that it wouldn't be so forced a lot of the times. Um, I think for me, when we talk about industry friends, and I just want to touch on this really quick, and I want to give y'all a bonus tip because I do not add my coworkers to my Facebook. Let me repeat again. I don't add my coworkers to my Facebook. Actually, my name is spelt in a weird way that they can't even really find me. They have to dig to find me, honey. Okay? Because that's none of their business. It's none of their business what I got going on in life, what my child looks like, what my dad looks like, what my family looks like. If I want to play hooky a day from work, I don't need you in my business on Facebook trying to figure out where I'm at. But let me tell you the main reason why I don't add friends on Facebook from work. When you and your coworker have a falling out that you have to work with every day, the very first thing they like to do is go straight to Facebook and delete you from Facebook. Okay. And that'd be the hardest blow. I've seen it many times that we're, oh my God, she deleted me from Facebook. Oh, then a friendship must be really over. Then in a couple weeks, you got to add them back. Girl, bye. Ain't nobody got time for that. Okay. I will not add you to my Facebook because of the simple reason. I don't want you to be butthurt when I block you. Okay. <laughs> Because I will block you with the quickness. I have no problem doing that. So for me, and I block for this reason. It has nothing to do with me worrying about you looking at my pictures or where I'm at, right? I block people because I don't want to see you in my timeline. That's why I block people. Because when I'm done with you, I'm done with you. But when it comes to industry friends, I treat that so differently than a regular friendship because I feel like what I have working here, how I do my thumbnails, how my lighting is, how my setup is. I see a lot of people asking in the comment section, what mics do you use? What cameras do you use? You don't get to know that. Okay. I'm not anybody's mentor because that's the other little trap they get you. Oh, we friends, girl. Oh, April's my mentor. No, I'm not anybody's mentor at all. Okay. The only person I have to mentor, she's seven years old. She's my actual blood. She's my child. Seven going on 30. On 30. Okay. I don't have time for that because the amount of work I've put into building what I have, people will befriend you and come and copy and steal everything. You know, like that's one of the main things that would hurt me the most about friendships is when I would say, Oh, yeah, that last friend I had, all she did was copy everything I did. She copied this. She copied that. I hate when people copy me. I would say that a lot. And what they would do, come right back around and copy me. Because they know it ain't nothing I can do about it. Right? Yeah. And a lot of times they have a bigger following than I do. This happens a lot. I'm always linked up with people that have a bigger following than I do. Then I school them up on everything they need to know. And then they surpass me. And if I were to come out and say, that person copied everything I do and has everything that I, I worked hard for, 
the first thing their audience does is attack me because they're like, oh, well, so-and-so has 500,000 followers. How in the hell did she copy you? You only got 30,000. How did she copy you? I deal with that right now on, on YouTube without even that person being my friend. She copies everything that I do. So at the end of the day, why would I want to introduce that as a friend? I feel that when it when it comes to this whole thing with friends and, and people copying and people trying to do the things you do, I think there's only one of you in the world. And even though other people may try yes, to, to copy it, they're not going to be able to do it. It's just not meant for them. But at the same time, I think we have to realize that we're good enough. We have to start taking more yes. pride in ourselves and know that, hey, I'm good enough and I'm worth it. To the point where you don't feel like you have to put all your attributes and everything that you have to offer on the table at first. Because you know what? If this person is truly my friend in time, they will see my area, my areas of expertise and they will see the things that I can contribute. And if I choose to lend my services to them in whatever way that may be, mm-hmm. let that be my choice, not their demand. Right. That's a powerful word right there. Let it be my choice, not their demand. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, Brian. Come on, Deacon Brian. Wow. Preach that sermon. Well, well. Mm-hmm. Preach it. Preach up. Okay. But with that being said, you guys, friendships is a lot to unpack. I think we should do a series on this because we could do a really, really deep dive into this. But we just want to scratch the surface. Tickle your taste buds. Yes, honey. Give you a little bubbly, a little buble, okay, of this topic. You know, sound off in the comment section. Remember, um, I don't know if you guys know, but we do have a Facebook group on Facebook. It's called Common Sense on Social Facebook group. You can follow us there. You can post all your questions, all your comments there, so we can answer them specifically towards the podcast and address those issues that you're having with friendships, okay? With that being said, Brian, thank you so much for joining me. Yes, on this ma'am. podcast together. All the time. And God all the is time. good. God is good, honey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Won't he do it? He already did. God did. And God will do. Have a good night, you guys. Day or evening. Whatever time of the day it is that you're listening. Bye.